It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and Indy, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, both of us believing in the power of an ice-cold beer. You know, uh, when I think the church is a place uh, that's supposed to be, you know, a place that, uh, that welcomes everyone, right? Yeah. And when I hear the word, you know, we've been doing this. Uh, They've this... almost been too welcoming every time I've gone. <laughs> That's true. Hey, it's they so do. nice to see you. That's right. Oh, are you here to, for the word of the Lord? And I was like, just here for the deacon. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been doing this series on the seven deadly sins, right? We talked about how these seven sins, there's no place in the Bible that they're, that they're laid out. But um, these seven sins that have been identified as like the mortal sins, right? I want to really read the Bible and find an eighth just to mess with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about greed. Hey, King James, see this sin you missed? Come on, King James. Uh, King James uh, well, the King James is Bible. the version. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. In, the, in the Bible. Yeah, I don't think he's around anymore. But they still make new translations of the Bible. Yeah. Actually, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a version called The Message. Mm. Which really has a lot of um, the terminology is very lay, right? It would almost be like um, uh, in describing uh, contusions instead of calling them contusions everywhere. Be like, man, I got this bruise and it hurts. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's simplifying. Yeah. Okay. Simplifying to, to make, and that's tough to do because hopefully you get the spirit. But this is, I think, sometimes why things get confusing. You know what's not confusing? I'll read this. Uh, we're we're going to talk about greed today. Okay. And this verse from the Bible, from the book of Proverbs, does not seem to be confused about how the Bible feels about greed. Proverbs 15, 27 says, The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's like a pretty strong stance on greed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you know what Miriam says about greed? Miriam Webster? Miriam Webster. Oh, what does she say? It is an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. Yeah. And I think when I think of the church, I never think of it as a place where greed can exist. However, I hear people's experiences with the church and often uh, wonder, you know, the church has to survive. And uh, oftentimes, I think... It, Why does it have to survive? Well, because we want a, a place to continue to be uh, a place where people of faith can gather. And just like, why does the hospital have to survive? <laughs> I mean, did you really just compare a church to a hospital? Yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one's a hospital for your soul, right? And one is a one for physical ailments. Yes, I mean, we talk about the church being a hospital because Jesus is described as the physician. And we talk about how the church is there for others and not just for uh, 
it's there to be an outreach, there to help people in need. I do feel that a lot of the sermons I've heard is preaching against greed. I mean, yeah. greed is a frequent topic discussed and not having desires for other worldly things and really that your focus should be placed on putting Jesus and putting the word of the Bible as number one. Yeah, but it's tough because the obviously nobody's given the church a land and uh, buildings and all of those things cost money. So therefore, in order for the church to survive, it's dependent on financial resources. They get a lot of tax breaks, I hear. They do get a lot of tax breaks. There's some grants. I think there's a lot of good things um, that the government does to try to help churches uh, survive. But it is interesting because, you know, think about, um, I've heard, heard people tell stories. In fact, I got a friend. They want to get married. They were like, man, we've been coming to this church forever. I can't think of any other place to get married. And then they went and, uh, and felt like the church was, uh, was greedy in charging them for all of the things they wanted them to pay for. Wow. What does it cost? What do you have to pay a church to get married? Oh, actually, I got married in a church. Okay. Do you remember what you paid for? I think I forgot to send in the check, but they asked for a either $500 or $1,000 donation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that then, was fi- almost 15 years now, ago. Now, in some churches, I hear stories in the Catholic church where if it's not your parish, then you've got to pay for some of these pre-cana classes. You've got to do all these other things before they'll even let you pay them just to use the church. Yeah. Right? At pre-cana um, classes, uh, pre-cana classes that we did attend. You did? Oh, yeah. I actually um, was like, how are my grades compared to others? Like, well, it's, <laughs> it's not graded like that. And I was like, but I got an A, right? Right. Because yes. you're a competitor. Uh, you have to know. Where do I, I stand? I did, I did want to do well. Where does my relationship stand? Yes. And yes. here you've been married for 14? Almost 15 years. Almost yeah, 15 yeah. years. At the right? end, I, I asked the priest. I was like, I, I know you've done a bunch of these recently. We're the strongest. We're the best right now. What do you think? What the, did he give you? You, you know what he said? He said, "Stop being greedy." <laughs> Listen, um, I'm I'm I've called FanDuel and I've put odds on how long you're going to stay married. <laughs> oh, right? The over under is thirty years. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that because uh, I don't know if you're going to make it another fifteen. But um, you know, so greed is. I mean, think about all the things you have to pay for at the church, right? If you want to get your kid uh, baptized, free wine. Free wine. So the church is... That comes with a cold sore. Ah. Wine. Hey, would you like some wine in a cold... Would you like a sip of wine in a cold sore? Buddy. Yes, please. Thank you. you Thank you, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I've definitely looked, and it's like the checkout line at the grocery store. Yeah. Like, you always want to pick the right one. Mm. And, And there's normally a priest on either side. Now, I've only been to a few Catholic services, but I know when I look at people, I'm like, uh, do I want to drink after that guy? Oh, or as, that girl. As you're walking up, you see somebody walking back with impetigo all <laughs> over their face, with wine dripping down to their beard. I mean, that's one of those where you're like, uh, I'm going to the other line. I think I went to the wrong line. I go to the other There's line. There's nothing worse than when you're in line. And there's somebody that got there the same time as you and went to the other register. And they checking out. Oh, my gosh. They already left. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I look around and I like to be proud. I'll see somebody in a line and then I'll, I'll mentally note. And then on the way out the door, I'll give them like the peace sign. They don't even know I'm, I'm competing with them, but I'm finished before them. And what I'm sin is that? That's got to be a sin. That's probably one of the sins we'll talk about yeah. eventually. But it's not greed. It's not greed. You know, the Bible has a few examples. It, it, is the church a place of worship or is it now become a business? 
Well, I think... I mean, especially these mega churches. We have... So one of the terms that has come up lately um, is, is there's a few different types of pastors in the church. You've got the lead pastor or the teaching pastor. That's the person who's up there on Sunday teaching the message, leading, you know, uh, that part. A lot of times you will have a shepherding pastor, somebody who's who's uh, reaching out to the community, talking to the people in the church, and then you'll have an executive pastor, an EP, mm. who is um, like John Woolman, right? The executive producer, somebody who's in charge of making all the pieces fit together. Yeah, and and that includes finances. Wow. And do you think priests get a four hundred one k? They should. You probably. I mean. They never get to get married. I mean, one of the greatest gifts is, is uh, that I've ever been given is being able to, uh, how you say, uh, 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 procreate? Yes. That's a great way to put <laughs> okay, it. That's very you. scientific. Yes. And so, I mean, if you can't do that, I think you should definitely get a 401k. Definitely get a 401k. Holla. How do we fix the big business that is churches? I don't know if there's a simple answer. I mean, I think... Um, I'm sure you probably run into some of the same stuff in the medical industry that we'll talk about later, but I, I think, no. I think, um, you know, the Bible has a couple places. In fact, uh, you know, there's a, there's a place in Matthew when Jesus, you know, he, he gave these parables, stories, uh, that, that would lead to, um, an example of, of how to do things. Right. And he, this parable of the talents, and Matthew talks about how a talent was just often thought of to be wages or money or gift. But the, the parable of the talent said that, uh, that a master had, had three people that worked for him and the master was leaving to go out of town. And before he left, he gave each of his three servants, he gave one of them five talents, one of them two talents, and one of them one talent. And it's said that the talent was a year's worth of wages, mm. right? Something they, they could not attain easily. So if one of them got five years worth of wages, one of them got two, and one of them got one in an instant gift. And he said, take this and invest it wisely. And the first guy with the five talents, person with the five talents took and invested it. The second person with the two talents took and invested it. And the last person with the one talent buried it, hid it, stored it away, and didn't want to touch it because they were scared to lose even the one talent they had. So when the master came back, he said, hey, what have you done with, I get, with what I gave you? And uh, the person with the five talents brought him 10 talents. And the master said, I have given you much and you have returned much. And therefore, I will give you much to be in charge of. The person with the two talents returned the same Two talents plus two talents. So he doubled his talents. He said, I gave you a little and you took that little and turned it into something great and more. And so I will give you more. And the person with the one talent dug up that one talent, gave it to him and said, I, I still have the one you gave me. And the message that Jesus says is the person who hides away what little they have been given and doesn't try to grow it, even that will be taken from them. Because that's a sign of greed. Someone who doesn't want to share. I mean, as parents, we are often faced with our kids 
you know, giving them stuff and wanting them. I, I mean, I know with my daughters, I try to treat them equally, but if one has something, my hope is they'll share it with their sisters, right? And it never becomes more evident than when one has something, the other one doesn't, how they treat each other. And, you know, I try to tell them, hey, if you have something that was never yours to begin with, you should be really generous with it. Because generosity is the opposite of greed. To share, right? To be generous even. And I think in the Bible, we see oftentimes when people have much, how someone deals with things when they are what you would consider rich, right? When they have an abundance of anything and how someone is when they are poor, when they have a lack of something that they need. The desperation or the way they behave on both ends, I think, really defines someone's character. Yeah, but God, when you gave someone five talents and one person won, I don't know that that's fair. If you gave two people one and one buried it and the other turned the one into two, that makes sense. But if you only have one that you could lose, there's more risk. So I actually want to push back on Jesus' thoughts. There's less risk. You only had one to lose. You didn't have one to begin with. So now I've given you this one. It's more than you've ever been given. And instead of taking it and saying, hey, you know what? Here's an opportunity. I don't know. If I had five beers and you wanted a beer, I'd be more willing to give it to you than if I only had one beer. And I'd be like, I guess you can have it. I'll just watch you drink uh, my beer. Yeah, but you could share your beer and we could both enjoy a beer together. We are right now. That's right. Yeah. Ginger ale. (laughs) But that's okay. But I mean, it's the idea of... And that is where the Bible comes in and says, hey, when you trust and have faith, so then it shall be returned to you the same. One of the things that you hear a lot of is prosperity preaching. Have you heard that? Like the Joel Osteen's. I know he is. I don't know prosperity preaching. So Joel Osteen is someone who preaches prosperity. If you're a Christian, then uh, you will be prosperous. Right, this idea that following Jesus, okay. that having a life where you follow the teachings and the leadings of Jesus, then you will be abundantly blessed with riches and wealth. Okay, and the Bible really contradicts that and says you you will be rich and you will be blessed. It may not be an earthly wealth, yeah, because we feel we believe so, that. Joel Osteen's wrong. He's wrong. Um. I think call him out here. Call him out here, Deacon. You're wrong, Joel. I think the idea that people who can find their blessings in whatever they have means that you can be rich regardless of your earthly worth or wealth. Will you make me feel rich in friendship? Holla. Amen. Yeah. Well, the medical world may struggle with greed a little bit. Maybe. I mean, and big business likely has trying to ruin healthcare. And it all started in 1930s when private health care came out. And then it got even more complicated in 1966 when Medicare and Medicaid were developed. There's also a term I like called diagnostic greed. Oh, and this is where a physician needs all the symptoms, all the classic physical signs, all the imaging before agreeing on a diagnosis. So oh. it really shows a rigidity in the ability to grab and latch on to a diagnosis. And that is something I sometimes... Uh, I think I'm a little bit the opposite. I have a sense. I have a feel. Not everything is pointing to it. But I'm ready to say, hey, I think this is what you have and we should treat. Whereas some doctors are a little bit more scared to go out on the limb and make that decision. The tricky part is it can, it can kind of burn you either way. One is 
we're not giving a diagnosis soon enough to start the treatment. And the other is, is there ever a time you make a decision early and it's wrong? And, and so diagnostic greed is, is not something I deal with, but I'm, I'm sure there's times where I've made mistakes because of that. Well, and I'm sure that there's probably, you know, as we have uh, people that are providing different tests and different things to assist in diagnoses, that they need those things to be utilized to help effectively get a diagnosis. And then, you know, there becomes the the symptoms of, hey, if I use this test and maybe if I just use it on everyone, then that's an initial, like every person that comes in maybe gets a metabolic panel. Yeah, so I think that's a great question. How do we get rid of greed in the medical system? And then what follows along with that is how are we more efficient in not ordering extra things? So number one, Extra tests, right? Yeah. Patients send me a message. I would like to have this test done. I would like to have this test done. And there are mixed thoughts, right? A vitamin D test costs $250 to check your vitamin D level. And everyone where we live is low and you should just take vitamin D. Right. So we immediately save a lot of money by stop ordering vitamin D tests. Now, when we take vitamin D, is there a specific uh, dosage we're looking to take? Is I there think a type take, of pill? Yeah. Vitamin D3, a thousand units once daily will probably get you where you need to be. All right. Also, get a little bit of sun while also using sun protection. So it's really difficult. But if you live in this area, take some vitamin D no matter what. Yeah. Replacing it is, hasn't been shown to fix anything yet. Uh, so we're really just treating a number. But extra tests all the time. Getting imaging before it's needed. You know, really the recommendations say if you've had back pain, you shouldn't have any imaging for at least three months. If somebody's had back pain for three days, they are immediately going, hey, where's my MRI? And in America, we are a place that sometimes that can be done. Number two, the pharmaceutical industry. Well, even before they do an MRI, most of the time they do a what? A back x-ray. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But So now you got two pieces of diet and and they're looking at two different things. And I understand that if we can see something that is bone... Well, people say, I want to nip it in the bud, but yeah. not everything can be nipped in the bud, right? Because x-rays get, show what? X-rays show bones show bone. and the relationships of the bones to each other. And then an MRI shows tissue and cartilage? Yeah, it can show the discs in between. It can show the nerves. Um, it will show if a disc is bulging, if a disc is herniating. It can also better see some of the different joints in the spine, the fascia joints, the neural foramen. All sorts of different areas, with, which is much more precise. MRIs are excellent tools. I love them. What does MRI sure stand for? Magnetic resonance imaging. Okay. And then what's the difference? Now, what's a CAT scan do that an MRI doesn't do? A different type of radiation. And CAT scan is somewhat better at looking at some of the solid organs. Okay. Right. So a CAT scan, if you come in with abdominal pain, it shows the intestines better if you get contrast. It'll really show if you have anything going on there. Um, it's also a faster test to do than an MRI and does not need to um, be in like the small chamber where you could get claustrophobic. And so a CAT scan is actually less expensive than an MRI usually. And so it really depends on what's going on. Uh, different things need different scans based on kind of what the issue like is. Like when I recently had a colonoscopy, they told me not to eat or drink anything uh, with red dye in it beforehand or blue so that it didn't, uh, it didn't mess with the test. So I got, I got a consult note back that yeah. was sent to me from the computer. And the message said, I did a colonoscopy on uh, you know, the, the deacon. 
And in the message, it said the deacon. The deacon had an excellent prep and the deacon had a clean colon. And I love the fact that in the message, in the medical thing, they yeah. didn't even refer to you by your name. Not even by and name. And they referred to you as Holla. the deacon. Yes. I love it. Yes. So the pharmaceutical industry, yeah. as much as is an amazing place because it is doing research. And some of the money they make gets put back into research. But yeah. in essence, a ton is spent on advertising, direct-to-consumer advertising. A ton is spent on pharmaceutical reps, of which that is my wife's job. Um, but there are times where some pharmaceutical reps make more than the physicians that they sell medications to. Wow. Yeah. Next, the red tape, the middle management. There are more and more quality programs. There are more and more boxes needed. There's more and more documenting nonsense for dollars. Every day there is some mm. sort of new thing that I have to document that, you know, on a televisit. The patient agreed to the televisit. Where am I located in the televisit? Well, I'm in my office. Where is the patient? Well, I don't know where the patient is. Why does that matter? And then right. there are more and more things that you need to document mm-hmm. for insurance companies day in, day out, which some people will call it documenting for dollars. Documenting for that D for D. Coding for dollars. Oh. And yet, for me, I basically get paid the same no matter what. Right. But it, but it impacts oh. somebody's money because... For every person that puts their hands on a patient, yeah. there's more than double people that don't physically see patients in the healthcare well, industry. And think about it. If the diagnostic code is wrong, then what happens? The, the insurance have, company have, may not pay correct. for it. Correct. We have a whole coders. We've we have got, billers. There's yeah. a whole team of coders and billers. And when something is done wrong, trying to... There's nothing worse than after you've seen a bunch of patients and you're trying to return calls. You get an email with, hey, these are your errors in documentation <coughs> that you need to go back and fix. I mean, I just got a bill for $700 from my doctor's office, which I believe is due to the fact that they ran my visit under previous insurance that I no longer have. Okay. Can you... Can, can you just send a message? To, I'm to just saying, right? Okay. That happens. You it, know. it sure does happen. It sure does happen. And then lawyers. Yeah. Malpractice. A uh, lot is done. Uh, a lot uh. of over-prescribing. A lot of extra tests is done to make sure you never miss anything. The thought is we can't miss anything or you will be sued, right? And so in essence, there are certain countries where you cannot sue your doctor. And is that right, wrong? I, I have mixed thoughts. A lot of the times where people are sued are for things where somebody would have gotten better. I think that if somebody really goes out of their way and egregiously makes a mistake on purpose, then I'm okay with that. But lawyers are another reason that greed and money and the medical system is really damaged. Greed has led to also physicians doing the wrong things. You know, pill mills. Yeah. Medicare fraud. Right. Right. You know. um, Billing um, for people. I mean, we've, we've heard about people who are no longer alive continuing to generate Bills that that go out, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough world, and and be, because it is financially driven, I, I think uh, when health, spiritual, mental, and physical, are dependent upon dollars, yeah, it really creates a conflict of interest, in my opinion, and therefore can lead to greed. Sure, I get bonuses, very minimal, but I get bonuses based on whether or not you do your quality metrics. So I have a certain amount of quality metrics sure. that patients need to do. I am graded on if you say nice things about me in the survey, which you basically have to give a 10 out of 10 or else I lose points, whether or not my patients get enough colonoscopies. Uh, and who's given a 10 out of 10 on a colonoscopy? Well, it you got great. a 10 out of 10 on your prep. Holla. Yeah. And so also... 
for patient volumes. You know, how many people you see. I will tell you, when I add patients in, it's because they're sick and need to be seen. It's not that I'm thinking about finances, right? right? It really does not affect my life in any sort of way. But there is a pressure Which to I think see is the more right people. Answer. Yeah. It is the right answer. It is the right answer. So the question for me comes to, can we fix the Medicare system? Can we get greed out of it? And I think the answer is no. But, you know, do you think, do you consider yourself greedy? Well, I mean, listen, we live in a material world. And I'm a little bit of a material girl. <laughs> we are living in a material world. I am a material girl. Does that, that automatically makes you want to like move your shoulders? It did. Madonna, we both, we started, we started, we started, started dancing. Swaying, to, yeah. Right. Just like if you hear Vogue automatically, what's the first thing you, you want to do? The hand you, thing. Yeah. You do the yeah. hands around yeah. your head, right? Immediately. Um, do I, I do not consider myself greedy, but I, I can tell you that I struggle with, I want luxury things. I love, yeah. I love nice things. Okay. Okay. Is capitalism greedy? I don't believe so. I believe. Really? I believe capitalism um, in, its, in its core, right, is, is not greedy. However, I think it can be um, adulterated. Mm. And I think has been in many, many ways, right? You see these, gas is one of the first places you can look, right? You find um, a gas station and most gas stations are regulated. You know, there's some regulations around what they can charge, what they can do. And then you find a gas station around an airport and immediately what's the cost of the gas there? Oh yeah, way more. Way more. I try to only use Wawa. A bottle of water in an airport, right? Because they have you, you're a captive audience, you know... In ice cream at Disney. Ice cream at Disney. Yep. Yep. Right? So. Is being great mean one needs to be slightly greedy? To be a great athlete, to be a great actor, to be a great scientist, do you need to have a little bit of greed to be successful? Boy, that's a tough one. I think um, you have to have a a consistency that drives you. And I think what drives you, material things uh, will only drive you so far, right? I think we see that with someone like Ben Simmons. Sure. Right? Uh, or uh, the guy from DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. DuckTales. <laughs> Greatness is different. Is a little greed good? Or does it have a snowball effect? Can you have a little bit without wanting more? Yeah, I think I and think, more. I think it can, but they it certainly. I want becomes, more listeners to our show. Absolutely, I want more episodes. I want more ways to get our to to get our episodes in the hands of more people in front of more ears, and and you know I would love to have somebody listen and say, "Wow, they should do this more often. We should pay them, and and they should have sponsors." Well, that's definitely the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gordon Gecko. Do you think, I mean, I'm drinking a Canada dry ginger ale. <laughs> Do you think, and the cranberry kind. Well, which you know is, what? It's because I took a Thursday off yeah. around the holiday season because it's my short day and I see less patients and I'm greedy and I want to be there at work all the days where I see a lot of patients. Mm, it makes sense. Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street oh, had yeah. a few famous quotes. One of which is, greed, for a lack of a better word, is good. And... Another, greed captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. And who played Gordon Gecko? Mm, I want to say Michael... Douglas. Douglas. Kirk's son. 
Yes. Yeah, that's right. There is a quote in reference to doctors. A few greedy ones, the medical profession, defamed the whole lot of the genuine doctors. And so to those greedy doctors out there, I want to say, stop it. Stop it already. Appreciate what you have. Appreciate the patients you have. Don't commit Medicare fraud. Don't give extra pills for money. Do the right thing. Don't sin. Holla. You ready for a game? Let's play it. So this is the deacon. For you, I am going to give you three. No, you're the doc. I'm the deacon. Yeah, no, this is for the deacon. I'm oh, giving you this question. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I'm going to give three material type things. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Okay. And you are going to rank them one to three. Three being the thing that you care about the least and want the least. And one being the thing that you really want to have the most of and have the best and have the most luxurious compared to the others. Okay. Um, golf equipment. Uh, okay. Grilling uh, barbecue type equipment. Okay. And a beer. You know, I am, uh, I don't often drink Miller Lite. In fact, I will maybe have one a year because it's just not my jam. You know, even if I'm playing golf or it's a hot summer day, I'd rather have one really great IPA. What if they wanted to sponsor our show? Then I would drink a Miller Lite. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes great. Less filling. Yeah, no problem. I can do that all day. Sell them for less. (laughs) Jack. Um... Beer, grilling, golf. Oh, man, that is a... Golf came in you, third? Or you, is that the order? Or you're no, just talking I'm just through talking it? through it. I don't know. I would say grilling stuff first. That's my mo- That's number one for me. I, um, if I could, I'd have a Yoder smoker I'd have, or a Jambo pit. Um, you know, because those, I, I really, really, I'm trying to focus on how I can build my outdoor up. Um, and then I would say probably... Golf is second, and then beer. Is that right? I'm okay with that. It's your answer. I think yeah. that's probably yeah. right. Well, Grilling, golf, beer. You know, what we've learned is that the but I would put world sure the, has issues. If I could have uh, the best Jesus experience, we'd go first. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's really on par with our branding. Yeah. You know, the medical world, uh, sure, is um, struggling with greed. And it sounds like a time the church deals with the same issues. But, you know, we are living in a material world, and I am just a material doc. Holla. And I guess uh, I'm a material deacon. Yeah. But I can tell you that ultimately, I think when we serve people, when 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 we vet people well and we continue to try to reinvent the system and push back and say, hey, Ultimately, is the decision we're making the best one for people, both in the church and in the hospital system, the medical system, that I think ultimately we can, we can continue to battle and win. Yeah. Two things you can always count on. The doc is in. And the deacon speaks. Uh, thank you so much to our producer, Tucker Butler, our uh, rapper resident musician, the franchise. Thank you to our wives. And, you know, if you haven't seen them lately, um, the franchise's wife, uh, the beautiful, the lovely Brienne, has been helping us with some of our TikToks. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, so check out our TikToks. You'll find us there. Peace. Peace.
Excellent brain trust to market it Brandness that's set in stone like the Ten Commandments This show gon' be around for infinite years I think we can all agree on ice cold beers 100% authentic, you can't fake it Often imitated, but never duplicated So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in Now I'm coming to close it like a Aroldis Chapman